from the team at CTS. This is the TrainRate Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Corinne Malcolm, your host for the running edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of running to bring you actionable training tips you can apply to your training. Make sure you also listen in to our cycling edition of the show with my co-host, Coach Adam Pulford, which alternates weekly with the running episodes. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. Where are you currently going to purchase all your sports nutrition needs? If you didn't immediately yell, the feed, you're missing out. The feed is the largest online marketplace for sports nutrition, offering brands you know and love, from Goo to Scratch Labs to Morton. They have you covered. Plus, they have athlete customizable supplements called Feed Formulas. I just got my subscription in the mail last week, and I'm super impressed. Feed Formulas are personalized for you and were developed in part with EF Pro Cycling Team doctor, Dr. Kevin Sprouse. Your subscription comes with 28 daily pouches, no more individual pill bottles falling out of your bathroom vanity, making a mess. The Athlete Daily Formula gives you strong nutritional coverage for anything that might be slipping through the cracks with your day-to-day nutrition. To get 50% off your first order, head over to thefeed.com slash trainright in order today. Again, that's thefeed.com slash trainright. My guest today is Neil Palace. I had Neil on back in January to talk all about psychological flexibility, and I knew we would have to have him back on. Not only does Neil bring incredible knowledge to our coaching group, he wears many hats, holding dual master's degrees in social work and applied sports psychology. He's a licensed psychotherapist and sports performance specialist, and is working on becoming a licensed mental performance consultant. Neil is based out of Longmont, Colorado, and has experience providing psychotherapy and mental skills training to athletes at all levels. Today, we're diving into confidence for athletes. And maybe you're like me, and you've experienced a confidence crisis recently. This podcast is definitely a little self-serving. So join us in digging into what confidence is and how we can cultivate it. Neil, welcome back to the show. Pretty excited to be back here. It's been yeah uh, seven months or so. Yeah, I was. I just actually looked. I was like, when did that come out? So for those of you who I don't know, Neil, your I, your voice is very like you know specific. So <laughs> I'm I'm assuming people are gonna be like, I remember, I remember this conversation. So the last time we had you back on the show for a one on one conversation was back in January. And we got super gritty talking about psychological flexibility. I still have a post-it note Good. on my computer monitor that actually says psychological flexibility is greater than yes. mental toughness. Um, and it resonated with a lot yeah. of a lot of folks. And so if you haven't listened to it yet, go back. It came out in January. It doesn't have an episode number associated with it. Maybe we can link it in the show notes for you all. But it's really great. And I can't wait to dive into yes. another yes. topic with you today. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah. Chomping at the bit. So it's now, that was January. It's now August, which I cannot believe. (laughs) Um, The summer has flown by. We have, you know, ourselves included in this. Most of us have done a big race or are about to do a big A race for the year. And so I was like, what? I was like, I really want to talk to Neil again. What should we talk about? And I said, you know what? Confidence. I've been feeling a lack of confidence heading towards some racing this fall. And so I want to talk about what is what is confidence in the athlete context? How do athletes develop that confidence? And then how can coaches help athletes 
cultivate it. So I'm wondering when I sent you that email and I said, hey, I want to talk about confidence. What what kind of came to mind? Oh, there? boy. <laughs> I mean, it's everything. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's all. I mean, a lot of what we do is rooted in, in confidence. You know, it's rooted in how we feel about ourselves, you know, going all the way down to our, our self-beliefs or our self-worth, you know, and kind of stemming out and rooted literally. I mean, if you think about it as like a tree, you know, you think about self-worth as way down there at the roots and then confidence is kind of over here and over here is self-efficacy of with with the leaves and so it just kind of trickles down so you know kind of thinking about it this way so i mean self-efficacy these are the leaves of the tree the belief that you can perform a specific task at a certain level so the belief that you can you know run your 100 mile under 30 hours you know so when i did bighorn a couple weeks ago a couple months ago really right now it's like i had this you know i went in with this belief uh, that I could, you know, I was going to get this done. I was going to get it done under 36 hours or whatever the cutoff was. And I didn't even know if it was 35 or 36. And some people were talking about during the race. And I'm like, I'll get it done. You know, and there was no worries. And, and that's, that's self-efficacy. And kind of dropping down a little bit under that is going to be self-confidence. You know, the beliefs about your general abilities. Can I run? You know, do, you know, do, do I have the ability to run? Do I have the ability to run fast? And, you know, and then... You know, and so you kind of think of those as the branches, you know, so the leaves are those little things, you know, and it's going down to the branches. And then you're looking down at the trunk of the tree you know, of self-esteem, you know, the, the, the emotional judgments about yourself based on what you've experienced in life. And that's rooted down even further at the roots of self-worth, you know, the beliefs about your values and worth as a person. So it all kind of trickles up. And a lot of time what we're dealing with as coaches is up here as self-efficacy and self-confidence, you know, and, and it gets further down when you, you know, you come to see me when you're, you're talking about self-esteem and, and then, uh, you know, and, uh, self-belief, you know, and so what are we, so what are we talking about? It, it, it's kind of this generalized feeling that can, can I do something? Can I do this workout? You know, I was thinking about this today. I was looking at an athlete's workouts and, and I was like, and I could hear in the tone of their voice, that, you know, and not, not in their voice, but in the tone of the writing that they were not so confident about what they did. And I looked at it and I looked at it at a different angle. You know, I looked at it as a coach and I analyzed, I said, well, actually you ran these a lot faster and that, you know, than you thought you did, you know, oh, really? You know, and then you could hear the confidence shoot up in the email back to me. It's like, oh, wait a second. So you're thinking about it as little things as we do as coaches. You know, I'm not telling them, oh, you need to be confident. I'm just doing these little things just to, you know, hey, wait a second. Let's look at the reality here. What, the, what was the reality? You know, and you actually did better than you, you thought you did. And there's all sorts of things we can do as coaches. That, and we're not manipulating confidence. We're just helping them succeed, you know. And when you have success, when you have little successes along the way, that's the stuff that builds confidence. 
I think that's so interesting. And I and I've been I've read a I've read a bunch about self 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 efficacy over the years, and I, I love that that it's this it's a task specific yeah. self confidence, right? It's like a it's you learn it, and you can actually like uh, pick it up from yeah. other people around oh, you, yeah. right? And I think that that is so important in our sport. And maybe that's where we kind of come up with maybe that's where we like have this like um, this gap, right? Because we've mentioned before one of the big things about ultra running is that we can't there. You know, if you're racing a marathon, your longest run might be 20 or 22 miles. That's pretty close to the full distance. If you're running a hundred mile race, you have this unknown, this gap. And I feel like self-efficacy and the self-confidence piece, all of a sudden it's like, how can we not manipulate, but how can we like fill that gap with this like experience? Like, because say you haven't had that experience yet. Say you haven't run the hundred mile distance yet or the 50 mile distance yet. And you have no previous experience to tell you that you can. Like to me, it's like that's the most. I mean, we all have other self confidence issues outside of like the obvious ones, but to me, that's what's so interesting about our sport. And I think that's where our athletes are kind of constantly coming up against that wall of the the like the unknown, causing this gap in 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 self confidence. And I'm wondering, you know, is there a way to target that? Is there a way to 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 build off of these smaller experiences, like telling your athlete that they, they actually ran the workout better than they expected um, to kind of fill, fill that gap. It's, it's structuring our, our workouts is structuring the experience to be challenging, but right at the level, right up bumping up against that level of what can I do? You know, you know, and all right. Today is a five hour run. Maybe we did only four hours last time, you know, but okay, I know that we're only going to six hours, you know, and this is scary because now you're going to do something that's 24 hours, 30 hours. Part of it's in the framing, you know, the framing that six hours could be an all day experience. <laughs> eight, eight, you know, could be, maybe it's an eight hour day. It's an all day experience. And you are creating a situation where they're going to succeed. You know, and, and you know, they could succeed and, and, you know, and they know they could succeed, succeed that. And it's like taking it to the next level and, and really working with the frame. Then look, you felt what this felt like. You had energy left over. You came home and, and did okay. You know, what happens if we slow it down a little bit more? You know, what happens if we, you know, dial in that nutrition a little bit more? And so you're, you're practicing over and over again. So it's this mastery which is key to developing confidence is you know, you're you, and refocusing it on on that mastering these little tasks mastering that six hour day mastering your nutrition plan mastering you know your your pacing you know what does an all-day pace feel like you know and i'll, I'll use myself as an example because it's so fresh you know it's like when i did bighorn I never, I never ran in like 90 degree temperatures and it was supposed to be 90 degrees at the start. And I was like, All right, this is going to be interesting. Let's go for it. You know? And, but I had three days prior, you know, or actually the week prior it was getting into the nineties here in Colorado. I was like, well, let's, let's go just experience it. And it wasn't really necessarily a, you know, a physiological adaptation. You know, I wasn't going to get much out of running for an hour, you know, in 90 degree temps. But it was also going to get, wait a second, I could run this pace and feel okay here. 
you know, and see what that, maybe I'll go two hours in this or three hours, you know, have my longest run, you know, a week beforehand. And I know what the, okay, same thing with altitude. You know, if people, you know, you go out to altitude, you're like, oh my God, you know, I'm not doing any altitude. I've never done altitude training for Leadville, but I'll go up to altitude and go, yeah, this, this is what it feels like. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to be able to get down in one piece. It's, it's uncomfortable, but you're developing that confidence. You're developing mastery. Yeah. And, okay. So, and there's other pieces of it. Go ahead. You got some. I really like that. And I like that in the sense that my vision of this is that I think we think that, oh, to develop these skills, we have to do extreme, crazy things. And really, that's not the case, you know, it's really like to develop toughness. People are like, how do I develop toughness? And I'm like, well, you, you show up every day. You get out, you get out to do your workout, even when the weather isn't ideal or, you know, you're a little bit tired or, you know, work is stressful. I mean, obviously we got to balance, balance those stressors, but it's like showing up develops these skills. And so I like that it's not so much this like, oh, I've got to go put myself through the ringer in order to develop, you know, my nutritional plan or the knowledge that I can run at an all day pace or the knowledge that I can, you know, troubleshoot and mitigate things that might come up. And I think that when people think about how do I, you know, how to prep for the unknown, how to develop confidence, how do I develop mental toughness or flex or psychological flexibility? We, we don't think this, but we're drawn to this notion that, you know, more is better, more extreme is better. And I don't really think that's the case. I think it's, you know, having confirmation from just like showing up and doing the work day in and day out. Thinking about Steve Magnus has a new book out. Maybe you've read it. I, I think he may come out and say it somewhere there. And he quotes Stephen Hayes, who's the um, acceptance commitment therapy originator, originated from him. And so he's talking about psychological flexibility. He's talking about mental toughness. And it's not what we've all been trained to think it was. It's not beating ourselves to a pulp to get these things done this you know the bravado the, the beating our chest to get these things done it's doing things in a way that we are psychologically flexible we're compassionate with ourselves and okay we fell we get back up all right what's the next step this is this is uncomfortable right now you know how could i be here right here right now you know and using you know, going back to that, you know, the idea of psychological flexibility is, you know, really it's this piece of mindfulness where we recognize when we're caught up in the bad, the negative self-talk, which could bring our self-confidence down and then, okay, come back to where we are right now. Constantly during that, and I mentioned this on that last podcast with you, it's like constantly just reframing myself and just going, all right, you know, I'm right here right now. And just, you know, keep going. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. This is, this is what you signed up for. <laughs> the confidence never waned going through that race, you know. And I think a lot of it had to do with just being present and going, yeah, this kind of hurts, you know. You know, it, it, it's, it was towards the end where it's like, where you smell, smell the barn a little bit, you know, and you know you're five yeah. miles from the end of this race and you're on this burning hot road and it's, you know, it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know. But the confidence didn't wait. It's like my buddy was like, you know, we only got like an hour left. I, was like, oh, I got this, you know, we got it. We got it. It's fine. I've, I've done five mile runs before, you know. But it's, it's experience. And, and like you mentioned, 
noticing other people, you know, other people that we know that have had success doing this. Uh, I think that it, it's really helpful. Um, and the mastery of the small things. I know I could deal with the nutrition problems. You know, I know I could deal with blisters. I've yeah. dealt with blisters for a gazillion years, you know, and it's, you know, it's like, okay, bring it at me, you know? Yeah. So I think we've, we've talked a little bit, you know, in the context of sport and for athletes, confidence is kind of this self-efficacy piece plus, plus, you know, kind of us building off of that. And then, you know, athletes are, can cultivate this by mastery of the little things, by showing up, by, by, you know, experience, by experience, by looking to other people's experience and that, and we can kind of help cultivate or develop that too as coaches. And so I, I, there are two things that I really want to talk about. First is how can we, you know, how can we help the athletes cultivate that like further, you know, beyond, we can't run the miles for them, right? Like we got to send them out into the world and they run the miles on their own and they come back to us. So how can we cultivate it for athletes? And then I, and then after that, I want to talk about pitfalls and what we need to, you know, what we should be watching out for, um, in, in pitfall pitfalls of confidence. So I think one of the things as coaches is setting people up for success, you know, and that, you know, the entire way, you know, uh, and when you set people up for success and they have those small successes, that's the mastery, right? That's what they're even be able to build off of right there. Now I could also, you could also teach a little bit of, Hey, you know, we talk, we talk a little bit about optimism, you know, and how that's, how that actually is a really good tool in of itself. But a lot of people don't believe in optimism. <laughs> you know, they don't necessarily believe the glass is half full, even though they're about to run a hundred miles. And, you know, and it's coming back to the here and now, what can I do to get you to come back to just this one workout? What could I do to get you to come back to this one interval? You know, this, you know, and and having that discussion, what could we do to bring you back to here and now? Because if you're thinking about what's over there, you're thinking about the outcome, you're not, it, that's going to create that tension for you. But if you're thinking about right here and right now and being present where your, your feet are and what you can control, what you have that mastery over. Okay. Hey, I just, okay. So I just did like half hour ago, I did this crazy workout on the bike and I was, I, I, for whatever reason, my confidence has been decreasing on the bike for the last year or so. And I was like, I get on this thing and I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to hurt. And then I said, wait a second, you're talking about confidence. Let's go back to one interval at a time, you know, and I go back and I grind it out one interval. Okay. That was great. Well, the next interval, it was, uh, these uh, 40 20s followed by a short tempo and then yeah short tempo and then recovery and then two more sets of that and it was just it was brutal you know but it was beautiful because I just stayed right there and then I started using the self-talk so how do we get people to do that go back to that one thing at a time let's let's focus on that you know we're talking about what the end of what the finish line looks like. Let's talk about, you know, what this, you know, what it looks like right now. What can you can control right now? I can control my attitude. And I, on my bike, I started focusing on self-talk. Okay. What do you know about self-talk, Neil? Okay. 
you got this, you got this, look strong. And then, you know, and it was a video related things. If you know, I'm watching the video and I was like, I'm just looking at him right here in this race with these guys. I don't know, you know what I'm doing, <laughs> but that helped. And before I know it, those three interval, you know, those three sets were over. And I was like, yeah, I did it for the first time in a couple of years. It was, it was awesome. And it's, it was just that. You and focusing, you know, if we can get our athletes to focus on that one thing, that one moment, mastering that moment, coming back to what I can control. What have you had practice with? You, this is why I started all my, you know, my athletes in January. Let's practice nutrition. I want you to carry your gels, you know, even on the you know, long runs over an hour. We're going to bring all this stuff and you're going to practice with this. You're going to practice with your poles early, early on. And, and and guess what? You, you know you know how to deal with that stuff. And along the way, you're going to have accidents and errors and failures, and but you're going to learn to recover from that and, and learn how to address those issues during that time. Yeah, and then I feel like we have to remind then we have to remind athletes that we've done that stuff, right? Like it's the so this is so I had an argument with Stephen, my husband, last night about confidence and how you develop confidence in an athlete. And for those of you who don't know, Stephen. Uh, was a U.S. national champion on the mountain bike and raced on the World Cup. Was a professional mountain biker for wow. a long, gotta, long time before uh, going back to medical school. Yeah, yeah. And so he he was like, "Well, how I built confidence was, you know, key workouts, like really key workouts, and setting myself up for success in yeah. those key workouts and nailing them." And that is counter to everything. I think about when yeah. it comes to confidence and when it comes to how I drive that narrative with my athletes, I'm, I'm the person that, yes, of course I want them to succeed in their workouts. And I set up work, you know, I want them to feel good in these, in some of these workouts and I want to praise them and tell them that they did a good job and all those things. But I'm the person that's like, no, 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 you shut up every day. You practiced your nutrition. You worked with your poles. You like, you made the long runs happen. Like it's a summation in my mind right. of all the work that you've done. I'm reminding you that you've been practicing this for six months type of thing. And so it was this counter. And I don't think that they, while they sound different in practice, I think that there's probably more overlap than than less, but it was so it became this argument before bed being like, no, 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 key workouts are garbage. And, you know, it's all about everything else you do. And I wasn't sure if this was like a professional at like the pinnacle of the sport athlete versus the everyman athlete, or something in between. But it's kind of like, you know, you mentioned like, practicing these key things, mastering this one, this one workout or this one interval. And so I do think there's overlap, but at the same time, there's dissonance there, there, in my there's head. Overlap and uh, I think they're taught different languages, maybe, you know, I mean, you know, I think, yeah. it, you know, the, yeah, I mean, he set, set them up for success, do these workouts that you can do, you know, so one, a light bulb went off in my head here. You know, just the other day as I'm trying to run those 90 degree temps and I'm like, I'm doing these longer efforts and I'm still kind of recovering. It takes a little bit longer to recover from, you know, for, for a hundred, you know, for me, it does at least. And I'm out here a hundred degrees and I said, well, why don't you make these runs shorter? You know, <laughs> you know, why don't you make, you know, why don't you cut the intervals down a little bit? You know, and all of a sudden, Everything was starting clicking again, you know, and it was setting myself up for success, you know, and, and that, you know, and that carries over to my athletes. You know, I have athletes training for marathons and it's 95 degrees and it's 100 percent humidity 
And I'm like, we're going to bring down this, you know, some of these runs. Yeah. T- take the easier win is kind of the like thing there. You know, you're also identifying, helping the athlete identify what those workouts are. You know, you, you talk about key workouts. Okay. What went well during these workouts? Write it down, write it down and have a log and go back to that log. So before your race, you should be reflecting. You should be going back on your training peaks, you know, whatever, whatever your log is, your Excel spreadsheet, and look at all your workouts. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this, you know, five-hour run I did where I just totally suffered and I just grinded through it. Oh, yeah, that was great. You know, I did, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Neil had me do this, you know, 45-minute tempo run, you know, uphill, you know, overhanging, you know, it was crazy, and I did it, you know. <laughs> and, and, but those are, you know, and you need to mark those. You need to remember those, and you need to reflect on them. Because that's the stuff that's going to help you. You're going to remember that when you go into the race. Training Peaks should give us a little like gold star feature or like you can like tag a workout with that in mind. Maybe. I have athletes that do like a weekend summary every week now. And those are great because it gives them it's it's insight for me, but it's it's reflection for them because I find that some athletes are kind of blazing through post-workout comments being like, it was fine. And I'm like, well, it was fine is like not really a reflection. And so they've been going in and putting in like a weekend, just like reflection on their week. What went well? What didn't go well? What do they want to improve on for next week? You know, what are they like, what did they accomplish? Those kinds of things. And it's like, to me, that is that's a way to kind of like have some of that sink in a little bit more. Cause I do think we have goldfish memory and we like forget that we've been training for years or for months. And it's like, we don't, we doubt everything when we're four to six weeks out from a big race. Put it, I, I love this. I saw this the other day is put one instant of success, you know, write down what that instance of success was, you know, maybe for that day, for that workout, for that race, for, and, and you should be after races, you know, do a race report, you know, what was one instance of success? What was one instance of improvement? And I had one more I wrote down here. I'm cheating. And one instant of great effort. Okay. I always have to write things down. I just get talking. I'm like, oh, what was that word I said? One instant of great effort. Write those three things down, you know, after each workout and after, definitely and after each race and reflect on them. You know, you don't have to look at it every day, you know, but Maybe every couple of weeks, look at it. Yeah, I think when you're when you're in that doubtful period, like I'm in my doubtful pre TBS yeah. window in which I got COVID in mid July, and I'm like, I haven't done the work I'm supposed to do. Panic, 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 um, and I have to remind myself that it's like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't ideal, but you have done work. And so I think in this moment of panic, in that four, in the, in the final four week countdown window, when for sure yeah. people start to panic, you know, that they haven't done the work they're supposed to do. That to me is a, a great time to be like, actually, like, look at this, like, look at this, look at these long runs I put in, look at this, you know, this great training day I had with, had with a friend, look at, you know, getting out there. And oh, I remember this day I ate, you know, six oatmeal cream pies. It was great. Like whatever it might be. Right. Like I think it's important to reflect on those little wins and use those little wins to kind of build towards, I don't know, go, totally. jumping into the unknown on totally. race day. Feeling you got, I mean, you got to grab the little wins. They're all over, you know, and they're in your everyday life. Look at, you know, and that's where, you know, even thinking about doing like a gratitude journal, 
you know, something simple, you know, writing, you know, the, yeah. the, the three things that went well today, you know, maybe that's part of your workout. Maybe that's just part of your general life, you know, what's going on. Cause you know, I talk about that, you know, and, and when I'm working with people with therapy clients, you know, that's, you know, what went well, you know, write those three things down. They can be small things. I've I've kept a gratitude journal, and it was like I got out of bed today. I got out of bed today. Gold star. I brushed my teeth. You know, I, you know, yeah. Oh my, my Achilles issue was this much better. It was seven instead of ten today. You know, look at those things. You know, rate those things. Look, there there is improvement every day. There's good every day. Sometimes it's hard to see, and and that's why you got to kind of you got to write them down and search for them sometimes. Yeah, and definitely in our work in our workouts, it's like yeah. ah, you know, you know, the, ah, there was a workout a couple weeks ago, one of these bike workouts where I was like, I didn't finish it, and I was like, well, you got two thirds of the way done, and you were also pretty poop because you you went up and down Hope Pass the day before, <laughs> which is going to tire you out a little bit. I think doubt is a natural part of being a human, obviously, and doubt is a natural part of being an athlete. And so as as athletes are on this on this confidence journey, as as we as coaches are on this journey to help athletes cultivate that or at least remind them that they should be confident. Right. By like sh- like, you don't we don't say, hey, be confident. It's like we show them. Well, yeah, we show them why they should be confident. You know, like these are the things that you are that you've accomplished, um, li- little and big. What what kind of pitfalls? Like are what what pitfalls, what terrain traps are laying out there in front of us that we need to that we as coaches or we as athletes need to be cognizant of? Um, I get that every day. You know, I mean, you know, I, I hear the the comment. Yes, I did that. But I, you know, I'm uh, not that good at no. this, you know. And, you know, when we think about kind of the 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 the, the, the tree structure, that's when I start going, wait a second. Is there something more going on, you know, maybe, you know, maybe going on about their self-belief. Maybe I do need to refer them to somebody, you know, that like a mental performance consultant or, you know, a sports psychologist or someone like that. Um, you know, the um, that's a possibility. I, I look for yes, but I look for that consistent, just this doubt, you know, I don't think so. And then I look, then I look at myself as a coach. You know, what, is there something in the workout that I've given them that is distracting them from that, building that confidence? You know, I can't blame myself entirely. I can't take that entire responsibility, but there's stuff I can control right here. Let's bring this down a notch. Why are we bringing this down a notch? Well, I I want you to feel success. You know, but I, you know, oh, I could do this. I could do this. Ah, I know you can't, but let's, let's, but there's a reason you might not be hitting those times and it might be that you need to recover, you know, and, and that is something that, you know, we've got to look at, you know, if we are consistently pushing somebody and they're pushing themselves, how much harder are they pushing themselves? Maybe there's something else in this person's life. You know, you know, I just found out one of my athletes has a stand up job. Stand-up job in the heat, in, in on pavement, all the six to eight hours a day, and then it, you know, and so I'm giving her the workouts, and I'm like, oh wait a second, let's bring these workouts down. You've already got some of your training in, <laughs> you know, you're on your feet half the day, you know, most of the day. 
So what can we do? We need to look at that big picture. So, um, and use language of confidence, you know, too. Um, you have used those words mastery. Let's, let's, let's focus on that one interval at a time. Um, I'm kind of, I'm just, what are the pitfalls? You know, kind of, I've kind of jumped around. There. No, but I think that that's good. It's kind of that reframing that, that we have, yeah. we have a certain responsibility by choosing language appropriately when you're communicating, you know, we're working on this with an athlete. I think the pitfalls are you get into the, the trap of, I want to do more and more and more. And, you know, and it could be, I want to do this race, this race, this race, this race. Wait a second. That's like three marathons in a row here, you know, and we have a, as a duty as, yeah. as a coach to, you know, to really help people realize that you're not, you know, you might not see the success in all three of those races. You might see they're in the first one and, you know, three weeks later, there may not be that success and you may have some diminishing returns here. And that, and that's the other thing that I think confidence is, has to be based in. It has to be based in reality. You know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to pull the rug out of people, you know, from under people, you know, and, you know, sorry guys, you know, you can't, you can't do this, you know, but I want to, you know, we'll set, set them up for, going back to that idea of setting people up for success. You know, if you're going to do 300 races, 300 mile races in a three month period, you're going to have some fatigue in your legs. So, and so expect, this is where we're, how we're going to push people, you know, push yourself through this. It's going to be a little different to time you get to number three. Yeah. I've definitely had athletes who have been like, Hey, can I do this thing? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think so. Like, or like, you know, kind of last, maybe a last minute race type of thing. And it's like, maybe we're not clear about expectations. Like, you know, maybe it's a yes. And like, just so you know, like we're not tapering for this event, like really go, go out, go out there and enjoy it. Maybe that conversation doesn't happen. And then they do the thing and it's like, maybe not great because we weren't on that same wavelength of like what the, what the purpose of that event was. And then having to kind of take a step back and be like, Hey, no, it wasn't a failure. Like, you know, you went into the race with this kind of load on you and this was my expectation for the race. And so I think I've definitely had to kind of work through that with athletes or athletes who, who do have a failure at a race, right? They've had to drop for some reason. And then it's like, they're, you know, hungry to jump back in to use that fitness you know, take that fitness somewhere else really quickly. And it's like, okay, why are we doing that? Are we doing that because you need it to feel confident? Or are we doing it because you really just want to do that race? And like that to me is that like, that is almost one of the hardest conversations I have to have with athletes every season is the the failure at an event and the the need, want, sensation that they should go immediately do something else. So I'll tell you a story. No, I'm thinking of a story of myself. Because I, you know, I love doing, you know, things that challenge myself a little bit. So um, year after I, I tried Leadville for the first time, I got to get in next time. So I'm going to sign up for Leadman, which is this, yeah, of course, you know, of you course. know I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign up for the camp or anything else. I'm going to go into Leadman and, and try to push myself through that. Um, now I wasn't necessarily setting myself up for success and I probably should have gotten a coach, you know, cause I've never mountain biked before. <laughs> You know, which, whoops, you know, whoops. but I learned a lot, you know, and so there was, a, you know, there's that process too, which is, you know, having the ability to reframe that and go, what can I learn from this experience? And what can I look, you know, to go into this next time with, you know, and the next time and the next time. 
and and have you know end up having success in different ways you know all along the way so yeah i mean you're right setting yourself up for success i mean the first time i tried to qualify for boston 15 years ago it was ah you know i didn't make it so i'm gonna do two more two more marathons i ended up getting achilles tendonitis and being out for probably about three years after that so it's so it's, you know, you, you got to set yourself, you know, have those realistic expectations. This isn't goal setting. And this is where setting realistic goals can come in. And this is where, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to, to you know, talk about this. Oh, God, it was about 12, no, it was 13 years ago. It was in 2009. I was taking a, a coach's, an introductory coach's course. And, um, and I, you know, and I was talking about this idea and this one person was like, well, you know, this person wanted to jump from like being a five hour marathoner to, and this was an example client, five hour marathoner to a three hour marathoner in like one season. And, and I talked about, let's set up realistic expectations. You know, what is realistic? You know, how far can we improve in that one year? It might happen, but you know, what's realistic here? And helping people devise those goals, it, it's sometimes it's you know people don't like that you know you know and, and they don't like to hear it. Some coaches don't like to say it, you know, and that's a hard conversation to have. Yeah. You know, you know maybe you know taking another year of mountain biking, you know, learning how to mountain bike a little bit, you know, maybe getting a mountain bike <laughs> is going to help you a little bit, you know, and you know and. Then, you know, and, and so that's setting, setting people up for success. You know, it probably would have I wanted to hear it? No. Would have I listened? Probably. If I had a good, if I had good rapport, Maybe. if you know, that coach had good rapport with me, probably. You know, I listen to people. So, yeah. And I think that's the conversation of like, hey, like this is our, these are our short term goals, but what are our long term goals? And kind of framing the like, the spectrum of like, we're, you're going to develop towards these things. Like, so it's like, it's bite sized pieces of of a season in a way and then within that season are like the smaller the, the smaller bite-sized pieces which is a terrible analogy of you know of of mastery of those skills and then you can grow and grow and grow and grow and grow in that in our email you uh you mentioned you alluded to having read something recently um that was kind of was kind of front of mind and i was wondering if uh if you wanted to kind of kind of take take a stab at what that you can was. read a lot of things as athletes out there there's so much oh, yeah. so, social media you know, social media and and um, magazines a lot of literature out there and some are really good ideas and some are not necessarily good ideas but maybe not necessarily good ideas for, for you as an individual and take everything with a grain of salt because what you know reading this article i was reading it and it was like this isn't setting people up for success because if if maybe if you were an elite athlete and had a really good ability to recover this these series of workouts would work really well for 55 year old 54 year old maybe maybe not you know, I'm not saying that I did these workouts, <laughs> but I'm, what I'm saying is I looked at them and, and thought about it. So, or if you were a beginner and you jumped into this and said, you know, I'm going to do these workouts. So, and, and, you know, early on, you know, 
25 years ago, you know, look at these, I look at magazines, Runner's World, it's all these great workouts, and I would do these workouts. And sometimes they were, sometimes they did, you know. And uh, there, was a, there was a great book out that, it, you know, I got years ago. And it was like, okay, learn how to run, you know, run a marathon in three days a week, you know. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it depends on who you are. And then I feel like that comparison trap comes out of that too, in which it's like, well, why can't I do these workouts? Or, or it's, you know, so-and-so says I can do these workouts, so I should be able to, and then not be like, I, I feel like that's just that, that is like icing on the cake of the, the Strava comparison of the Instagram comparison of all those things. And it's frustrating because you could see, you know, see the authors and you go, wow, this is like a really, really good coach. Neil knows what he's doing. So I should listen to what Neil says, you know, and, and you go, wait a second. You know, if you look at that and, and go, maybe for some people, but this is set, is it setting me up for success? Maybe there's ways I can alter these workouts. Or maybe these workouts really aren't right for where I'm at. And that's okay. Here's, here's another piece that I was going to mention is this idea of self-compassion. You know, and the, you know, going in, going back to this idea yeah. of acceptance and self-compassion, you're going to have all these feelings. These comparisons are coming up. <sighs> you know, you got to take that deep breath, catch yourself and refocus to where you are right now. Okay. That's, you're going to look at that magazine and go, ah, oh, you know, why can't I do this? That's okay. That's okay. Go come back to where you are right now where your feet are, have compassion for yourself. And I know there are so many athletes out there. It's that that's a dirty word. Yeah. It's easy to be like, Oh, that's, I don't need that. And it's like, well, no, everyone, everyone needs that. And it's, I think that that it ties in really well to the idea of, of, you know, being present, right? Like if you're, if you're being present, you can be self-compassionate. If you're working, if you're running the, the mile that you're in, you can be self-compassionate. And I feel like, you know, that, that it shouldn't be a dirty word for anyone. It should be something that we all, that we all strive to put into practice in our, in our days. And then I see that, I see that in emails from athletes where it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta cut yourself some slack. Like, you know, email doesn't provide the best tone at times. And it's like, maybe if I talk to this person on the phone, I will feel different about their situation, but I, I hear that and I see that and I feel that from athletes of this, you know, they gotta, you gotta be compassionate towards yourself in the interval workout that you're doing that's uncomfortable in the, in the race scenario. And then in all those moments in between, I think that, you know, we're, we are our own worst critics. That's a, you know, a common, common bit of vernacular, but it, it's, it's true. And it's, it's athletes are not immune to that. There's no doubt, you know, I was like, I was thinking of something I made something up the other day is when you compare, come back to here. You know, when you catch yourself, catch yourself comparing, come like back that. to here, come back to right now, you know, and it's going to be, you're going to read those magazine articles, you know, you're going to feel those moments of self-doubt. Take that deep breath and just come back to where you are right now, this interval, this, this minute, this minute on this hillside, you know, there's. You know, I probably mentioned on the last podcast, there was this awesome moment where, I, you know, I'm running down, it's almost 30 miles into this race, and there are these beautiful wildflowers. And I, I tell people, look at the look at the flowers, you know, notice the flowers, beautiful yellows and purples, you know, and I was just like, just caught up in joy in that moment of like, I got to be right here in this mountainside. That, that's all I care about, you know, and then I just keep moving. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then, and then you got to keep keep running the mile, mile that you're in. Okay. So what what are you know some practical things that an athlete you know sit, sitting with this in August, maybe looking towards fall races. Maybe they had a good or a bad experience in a an earlier season race, and they're you know they've got one more they got one more big one to close close out the year before we roll roll towards winter. And I'm I'm wondering what what can those athletes do to to reframe you know, their confidence if they're in a place maybe where they're a little bit shaken? Uh, number one is, is go review your training piece, review your log, you know, whatever you're using, you know, review it, look for those successes, dig, you know, really, really dig into that. Um, yeah, I think number two is, You know, I, I want to talk. I want to touch on you know, self-talk. You know, I mean, you know, and, and you really should be six weeks out. You know, uh, you know, four weeks out. You know, it's it's getting later in the game to practice positive or help more helpful self-talk. But look how you're talking to yourself. Write out three things that might be helpful for you. So think about motivational self-talk, and I, I like putting it in kind of the third person. You're great. You, you got this, you know, you use something that's, you know, that's realistic. You got this next hill. You got this hill. Saying that to yourself over and over again, practice this on your next training run. Practice this, um, you know, have it written out in a post-it note on your computer. Look at it in the morning. It's sometimes it's hard to believe, but once you start practicing it, you start coming to that. Now, the other piece is that going back to that idea of catch yourself when you compare, catch yourself when you start going into when you're getting hooked by the negative, you know, but by, by the all the unhelpful stuff. Catch yourself, take that deep breath, you know, and refocus on what you can control right here and right now. You've practiced all this stuff. You've practiced your nutrition. You've practiced, you know, you. There's going to be a rainstorm on Hope Pass next you know, next week. Okay. I'm just letting you know, you've practiced running in the rain. You know, you've practiced um, dealing with blisters. You know, remember that. You know this and you can control that. You know, and, oh, you know, you forgot a gel. Okay. Let's, but you practice going to the aid station, grabbing potatoes. You know, so you've practiced all this stuff. Remember those little things that you can control right there in the moment. You can control your effort consistently you know what is your effort right here right now catch yourself when your mind is taking you off on the wild it's trying to push you around because it's going to do that that's what our mind is trained to do it, it does that you know to a lesser extent for some people and and you know and for some people a lot you know and that's okay it just varies and it's coming back recognizing when you're getting caught in that and coming back to what can you can control right now so I think those are the best things. You know, practice self-talk, pr practice the controllables, practice being flexible with your mind. You're going to notice these things. You're going to be uncomfortable. Your mind is going to say mean things to you, <laughs> you know, and, and it, you know, it's going to, it's going to oh, yeah. say mean things. And but recognize when you're getting caught up and don't, you know, this is where, okay, thank you, mind. Thank you for pushing me around. I'm going to come back to what I can control right now. And that's going to get you to the finish line. You know, that's going to get you to the next step, you know, and if you fall, 
that's okay too. You're going to be able to get back up and do it again and do it again, you know. And it's like, I've, I've tried that mountain bike race a couple of times. I'm going to get a coach, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have to get a coach this year because, uh, you know, um, but I get back up. Well, you know, to set myself up for success, you know, and, you know, and that's, and that's just something that, you know, you have to focus on. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that's how I, you know, you build, you know I know I could do it. It's just getting that, those moments where I'm going to have that success and, and, and build off of that. I think that's great. I think, I think those are, I think those are really, really practical. You can take it to the next step. You can write those things on a post, like on, on a postcard thing that you're going to put in your drop bag so you can remember it during the race. I just had UTMB talks with a couple guys and I said, you know what? Cormier is a great place to drop out. Don't do it. Champagne Lock's a great place to drop out. Don't do it. No, don't run the UTMB 80 miler. If you can, if you have to walk every single step, get your, you know, have your crew walk you out of that aid station. Yeah. Don't, don't sit by the fire and hope, you know, hope pass. Don't, don't go there. No, you keep going. Yeah, no. You know, know that, know that, that, that fire. No, no, don't go near there. Yeah. Everyone that listens to this is pretty, is, I think I, I'm hoping has been putting these things into practice. And, um, if not, if they want more practice with these things, um, your coach, but you also work on, yeah. on these skills with athletes. And, and so where can, where can people reach out to you if they are, if they are interested in learning more? Yeah, they could, they could find me at Colorado, www.coloradopsychotherapyandsport.com. And, uh, uh, what is my Instagram handle? I always forget. It's too long. It's, uh, at Colorado Psychotherapy and Sport. So they can find me there too. Awesome. We'll link all of that in the show notes, Neil. As always, this is a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for joining us this week on the Train Right podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to visit our website at trainright.com slash podcast, where you can find social links and more for our guests. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.